do it. Uh, what you're you're are you going to name any of your children Flipper? No, no. I mean, no. not if you had any any ones in the future. No. Um. No. Ah, much better. Now, get ready for an uncivilized discussion about faith. Welcome, welcome to, to the, the Barbarian, Barbarian Prophet. Hey, welcome back, Barbarian Nation. I'm going to jump right straight into this. As you heard his voice earlier, we have none other than the MBD joining us today, Mike Bingle Davis. Hello. And uh, he is one of those guys that we, uh, him and I uh, talk all the time, and we come up with crazy things to talk about. And we had a, a discussion here uh, kind of yesterday, and it bled over into today, right? About a World War Three. Well, that's that's what started on, started it. That's what's it's been ongoing since the I don't know a couple weeks, I guess. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, well, what's happening? Yeah, we're in over a month with the whole uh, uh, stuff going on in Israel. So. So I'm kind of curious, man. I mean, you and I, we've been talking a lot about this. And, and what happened was we discovered that uh, this guy. So we wanted to talk a little conspiracy today. So it is Wednesday. So we'll call this Wacky Wednesday Conspiracy Day. Sounds With good. the MBD and the TPB. <laughs> or the TBP. And uh, so uh, with this, uh, we started discussing a guy by the name of... Albert Pike. Albert Pike. So we, uh, Mike sends me a deal on him. Well, yeah, actually, you know, I, what, what I do every day is I, I, like a good son, I call my mom and I talk to her (laughs) every morning and she is very, uh, fringy when it comes to the stuff that's going on and what, what else could be going on and what she's thinking. And she mentioned this guy. Okay, 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 time time out. So mom's really fringy, meaning fill me in. Well, you know, it's not as much as She, like, watches the outside stuff and goes, hey, I think this might be a little bit more than what the media is showing us and uh, what people think. Yep, yep. So she's always got some obscure reference, and, you know, the Internet's there. Yeah. Once you start kind of pushing those buttons and going in those directions, it kind of embraces that. Sometimes we jump into the matrix and it takes us to a place we were not anticipating. Right. Yeah. And so one <laughs> red of those or blue places, pill, Mike, which is it? Or which, which one are we on? I don't red or blue. Knowing my uh, habits, I'd probably take both. <laughs> I don't know if that would cancel them out. or. <laughs> I think they got a re- rehab center for the red and blue people. Exactly. I don't know. Whichever one I'd probably want more. Oh, so Phil, yeah, some days, <laughs> so, some days I want to live in, in the other end, right? So, yeah, she, we're talking about, you know, this is being sort of a construct, uh, preordained, pre, I shouldn't say preordained, but kind of a planned thing, this right. invasion of, of Israel, the attack. Right. And well, then the counterattack. And, well, we, and we know that, uh, Zionist, have always kind of anticipated that a little bit. And right. if you don't know what a Zionist is, you might look that up. But, you know, prior to uh, in the last several thousand years, we'll go, what, about 3,000 years or thereabout, Israel yeah. did not have a, a country. But in 1948, uh, in a one-day period at 8 o'clock in the morning, there was no Israel. And at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, there was an Israel. It was literally a country created in a single day. That's yeah. biblical. And yeah, you referenced some things about that previously. Right. I don't know if you want to bring that up or not. No, no. I just I just was saying that, yeah, that, yeah, that is something that, that that's actually biblical, that that was going to transpire. And some of these attacks, we can also, if we want to dig into that, and we can do that, maybe not necessarily this show, because we're going to tap into some other things. But this is something we can carry on with. How biblical is this? These battles and this stuff is real stuff. Right. And so, you know, I don't know what texts we exchanged that had the Albert Pike deal. But, uh, you know, I started digging into it and looking at it. And it's 
you can go deep. And so there was a certain point where I thought, all right, I'm a, I'm deep enough. I'm, I, I better get out of this pool because I may drown down here. It gets kind of scary. All right. Well, I'm okay. Mike, I have not read any of the stuff you've read. I know very little about him other than just some real basic stuff. So what happened is you started digging. And as you and I were talking on the phone, I was like, oh, don't tell me anymore. Let's just throw together a show and jump in here and get this done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what my mom had mentioned is that this uh, this letter that Albert Pike had written in 1871, August 15th. Right. It was to Mazzini. Mazzini. Yeah. Don't I didn't know anything about either of them. Oh no, that Mazzini was a not a good guy. Right. And neither was Pike. No, Pike, uh, if I remember right, Pike was uh uh he, he liked to try Illuminati. Yep. He was Illuminati. And Confederate general uh KKK ties allegedly, I don't know. Again, I didn't explore all the different branches. I just kind of kept it high level. But when I got into work, I made sure, you know, my mom and I talk about crazy things sometimes i have time to write it down sometimes i don't but i did in this case because allegedly he wrote a letter to manzini that sort of outlined the uh the masons the freemasonry right now this is late 1800s this is prior to 1900 this uh, prior to the start of the 20th century so i want to say if i remember right that's like right without without looking i'm going to say in the late 1890s or mid 1890s yeah this is this was uh 1871 whoa that's even earlier than i was thinking so just post uh civil war Right, where he was on the Confederate side. Correct. And so what he did was, well, what what the Internet shows, which you take it for what it is, is outlines the high points of this particular letter that he wrote. Okay. And in that letter, he writes about the First World War, the Second World War, and then the Third World War. Uh, Time out. So he's writing this stuff in, in the 1870s. Correct. And he's writing about a World War One, a World War Two, and a World War Three. Absolutely. And we just come out of a civil war within our own nation that virtually by that time had almost torn us completely to shreds. And uh, so there, there we are. So, so what did he say about it, these wars? Or okay, where are we at? So, it, you know, when I started looking for it, you can't find the actual text. Or you can't find an actual copy. Allegedly, it was on display in a museum, and I'd look up where it was that it was on display, but it's not on display anymore. There was a Freedom of Information Act to look to see if it was on display, and that came back negative that it never was. So so this could just be a conspiracy theory. But how long has it been floating around as a theory? The problem with it is that this letter that Albert Pike wrote to Mazzini Mm -hmm. is then cross-referenced in another uh, text that was published in... Okay, so the letter is is at least as old as 1896, if it's a forgery. Okay. If it's genuine, it's as old as 1871. Both are prior... (laughs) To the start of the 20th century. Exactly. So even if it is a fraud, it still outlines World War One, Two, II, and Three. So irregardless whether right. whether Pike wrote it or not, whether Manzini, re, re, uh, yeah, Manzini received it or not. Well, Pike wrote it. Pike wrote question, it. We because just, I went back, you know, I found I started to kind of crawl back into finally found some like an edge that I could go on. And okay. dig, and I found this French manuscript, which you read French I and Latin. I can slowly. And, yeah. and the one thing with you is that anything of the Romance, the Romance languages, the yeah. Romance languages, MBD. I practiced. Ladies, he's married, so don't get excited. Spanish. I was in Spanish for like nine years, so <clears> it just kind of comes naturally at this point. But. You know, the only French I ever learned was "J'avoue ça mon, j'avoue ça do, que diable parlez-vous encore?" Which means I love you and I adore you. What else do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> See, but I'm ready. So I lay it on. It. Me. Well, okay. So 
Yeah, it talks about these. First of all, I think it's worth mentioning exactly what he talks about in these, in these, uh, I guess, prophetic type statements, right? Okay. And so, it, you know, when he's talking about the First World War, and I'll, I'll go and use do each one of these in turn, and he states to Manzini, Mazzini, sorry, Mazzini, that yeah. World War One must be brought about in order to permit the Illuminati to overthrow the power of the czars in Russia and of making that country a fortress of aesthetic communism. Mm. That did happen in 1917. Right. And oh, at the end uh, of the yeah, war... Yeah, wasn't that about time for the, for the revolution? Yep, was just before the start of World War One. Actually, yeah, was the uh, was the Great Revolt. Well, and and then he goes on to say, at the end of the war, communism will be built and used in order to destroy the other governments and in order to weaken the religions. Hmm. Okay, and that's World War One. Correct. Okay. So that's what he said about the you know the first war and then second second world war must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences between the fascists and the political Zionists. Okay, so let's time out there. The fascists would be the Nazis, right? And the Zionists are definitely not the communists. Correct. That would the, be just still the, be. the Zionists were large collections of people around the world that which wanted to bring back uh, about Israel exactly okay that's what a zionist does i mean that's their goal is actually to get down to building the third temple right Mm -hmm. i'm ready and so this is where some of the questions come as far as this being true truly a letter is that it references nazism and obviously at that particular time he wouldn't have had a way of knowing that yeah, because the Nazis were not really created. They started really a uh, common. Uh, their initial big goal was 1936, but we know that there was talks about them in the 19 early 1930s. But prior to that, I don't know that that terminology was necessarily used. But I do know <clears throat> out of uh, the World War One. But that still would have been prior to World War One, when Germany started its Great March. Um, they, you know, that was that was one of the big uh, things. Not so much fascism, but they were wanting to be world dominant. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I'm, and I think I think it's important to recognize that, you know, at this point people were elaborating on what he had originally written. Right. So oh. now that you go back to the root and you look at what he was discussing, you're like, original. Uh, it was, he was talking about Nazis. He didn't know it, but he right. was talking about, um, got it. Nostradamus said Hister and it was so close to Hitler. Hitler. Yeah. We'll just throw was that it? in there. Yeah, was it I, though? I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. It is. I mean, that's where the conspiracies come in. Well, so. and that's the beauty of the fun conspiracy show on wednesday that we need to do more often <laughs> right well at the basic bottom line for that second world war yeah was that you know in this letter that zionism needs to be strong enough to institute a sovereign state of israel and palestine okay now post now let's think about this for just a minute because i'm going to throw in some history things here that i'm 100 percent positive on yes please do um, number one is that the Ottoman Empire was in control of all of that area that is now currently under all the war right there. The Ottoman Empire was in existence during World War I. Post-World War I, they were separated and divided up, and it went from being one to the Ten Princes. It went to the Arab Emirates, etc., and they were all broken up, but... There was no Israel at the end of World War One, but the Ottoman Empire was no longer there. So you get some people that uh, step into that line uh, with biblical things, and they will say, well, that was the one horn. They got broken to many horns. Okay. Okay. And when you take a look at even the four horsemen of the apocalypse, now, you, you take a look at the Ottoman Empire and you look at all of the flags that are there. Now, there are four horses, right? You have uh, the white horse, the 
red horse, the black horse, and what is called the pale, but what we would truly see that out is a green. Green, yeah. Yeah, or an off green or a light green. And if you look at the flags, and I challenge anybody to do this, of all of the empires that surround Israel today, that is the colors of all of their flags. Sorry, dude, I can't help it. That's the truth. That's yeah, that's, I don't know if I you knew that up, one. I want to look it up, but I won't. I'll wait till after the show. After this show, you. you're going to go, of them Bert, head, yeah. Bert is right. They are the apocalypse. That's <laughs> that's what happens when we get weird. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. That's yeah. Definitely something. Just look up the flags of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Um, You know, again, with the second you know, his, his, his letter and discussion of the second world war, he concludes with saying that internet international, or what does he say? Yeah. International communism must become strong enough in order to balance Christendom, which would then be restrained and held in check until the time the world need it for the final cataclysm. Okay, I got a timeout. <clears throat> but I'm just going to so, go back to say, in reference to this, remember, he's writing this letter, and he's kind of outlining, you know, the Freemasons and how the three wars, three world wars were going to be laid out in order for the Freemasons to fulfill the deal. end. Well, and, and everybody blames the Freemasons for everything. <laughs> They do, right? I mean, they do. But right. there's all there's anytime you have a collective of people, you always have little collectives within the people that are up to something no good. I mean, even in the church world, right? Yeah. Even within gang worlds, or in the police worlds, or in the lawyer worlds, or the government worlds, you've always got people that are up to dirty stuff. But not everybody's up to it, but some people are. Um, so one of the key things here is, so we have all of these nations formed. Now we go into the World War II. He says that um, uh, communism is a balance because they're atheist. Correct. And they are the balance to Christianity. Okay? Yeah. So well, it, that's, that's the light though. and dark. Well, but China. Yeah, because Russia has Eastern Orthodox, right? They do. Uh, Russia does, but, but the Soviet Chinese, Union did not. They okay, okay. Yeah, now see. the Soviet Union. Now we got to remember the USSR is no more. Right. Okay. We have to bear that in mind. At the time, there was a Russian Orthodox Church, but it, you know, being a state-approved church has rules. Yeah. You're absolutely right. That's okay. a good point. Yeah. So it's, it's a, they may have been allowed to exist just uh, as long as they stayed within particular perimeters. And I don't have that answer. I don't know any Russian Orthodox people. Don't challenge the establishment or your... That's what happens with the uh, caged Christians over in China. Right. Okay. Right now, under communist rule, there is Christian church that is available. Okay. As long as they don't go against, as long as they don't go say anything against the government, as long as they, when they look down through there, if the government has approved it and it's disapproved in the Bible, then they redo the Bible so the Bible approves the government's stance, not the other way around. In, uh, in college, I had a professor that was my religion professor, and he went to china several times because he specialized in kind of the eastern religions right and every time he would go to china they would show him the same christian church oh yeah and it's the perfect so christian it church there was no variability it wasn't like well, let's go to this one it's like no, no you knew where it was it's just this one and that's the one you get to see that and those people are doing what we told them to do right they're behaving absolutely okay so now we've covered the communist uh, the World War II situation that is brought up here is that the fascist. Uh, it, let's repeat that one more time, okay? Mike, so, so we can get back on track. You a know, the bit. first war, the first war, yeah, was uh, taking down Russia, overthrow the power of the czars in Russia, yeah, and, and build a build country, the communists. Uh, yep, of atheistic communism. Yeah, and then separate those two. Yeah, right. Yep, and then. Uh, build it up and right. the second world war 
uh, basically put the fascists against the Zionists. Right. And uh, formation of the. Well, let, let's pump the brakes there. The fascists against the Zionists. And what was that little thing they used to paint on their door? A little star, David. Wait, oh, that was a whole German thing, and they threw him in the ghettos, and then they put him in the camps. Let's not even joke around about that. That's what that's talking about right there. Yeah. The elimination of the Jew. Right. And I, I mean, not not that we're uh, uh, anywhere close to that today. No, wait. We've got people in this country right now shouting in the streets that they want to kill Jews in the colleges. I mean, this is just insane. We're I, living in an insane moment. I had to rewatch a documentary. I won't tell you what it's called. I guess I, I don't want to advocate for any specific documentary, but in this documentary, they outline, you know, the aggressors in this particular case, what I'd call the aggressors, like the Iranians and whatnot. And they go, right. they go through the instances that, that, had you know they go through world history and they basically go through things like the bombing of our barracks oh uh yeah the bombing of the french barracks right the bombing of x the bombing of y the bombing of z the bombing of you know yeah and so i start to kind of take a mental note of how many casualties total yeah has this regime that's the aggressor in my opinion yeah cumulatively responsible for versus you know and i i anytime there's loss of life i know there's innocence that's lost also and that's a war and that's you know that's bothersome to me so i don't want to make light of any of it no but if we're talking about you know who's responsible for what you know and watching this documentary a lot of this has gone unanswered for a long time absolutely i mean You take, uh, and the other thing is, is that anytime something really big happens, I always get questions, what report is coming out that we're not going to hear, but a, maybe a one minute clip. Right. I mean, let's take uh, 9-11. When they finally released all that information and where the men collected their money was not from anywhere we were at war. They collected that money from the Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Right. And we're not at war with Saudi Arabia. No. Nor did we make them answer for the money that was provided for the people that, that killed the Americans. And uh, <clears throat> I'm not just fine anything here, but I've got to ask some questions of why we do stuff like that. That's just very bizarre to me. Uh, we get into all kinds of fights where our, uh, we have a few uh, leaders like this guy here albert pike which we're talking about where they have direction they want to take the nations so here we are let's go to world war three okay so again take this for whatever it's worth um the world the third world war in this particular uh it's something i pulled offline by the way is what i'm reading off of um the third world war must be fermented by taking advantage of the differences caused by the agents of the Illuminati between the political Zionists and the leaders of the Islamic world. The war must be conducted in such a way that Islam and the political Zionism, the state of Israel, mutually destroy each other. Okay. And meanwhile, we look like we could be on the corner of that any day. Well, exactly. I mean, nobody's doing or stepping in and justifiably so. I don't know what. What do you, you know, what do you say in the midst of all this? Israel definitely has a right to defend itself. Absolutely. And, and to be quite honest with you, most of the Palestinians are being held hostage uh, by Hamas, which is a terrorist organization. Exactly. I, I mean, I, I'm not blaming. I definitely would not be one that would blame the Palestinian people. I would blame the terrorist mindset of Hamas. You know, Hamas actually, it literally name is evil. <laughs> it's That's literally what it means. Right. And, you know, we're... We have people in our own country that are advocating whether or not you say, you know, Israel's justified in what it's doing or Hamas is justified in what it's doing. 
you know, you have public figures in our own government that are saying and advocating for the complete and utter destruction of Israel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is definitely happening. And not just here, all over the world. I mean, we've got people uh, taking to the streets. We even had a lady uh, within our own Senate that was uh, shouting, shouting the uh, uh, from this from the the river river to the sea. And I mean, that is insane. That means that they want everything between the Jordan and the ocean eliminated. And that is that is a Jewish nation. But they don't just want them uh, eliminated. They want to eliminate their existence. So what is what is the outcome of this war? Where does it go after these two start to destroy themselves? So it says that they must be mutually destroyed, you know, based off of fighting each other. Right. Meanwhile, the other nations, once divided on the issue, will be constrained to fight to the point of complete physical, moral, spiritual, and economical exhaustion. That is us and everybody that stands with the other side. Right. And then what will happen subsequent to that is the nihilists and atheists shall provoke a formidable social cataclysm. Which what, is, what would that look like? What's a social cataclysm? Well, I mean, I, I guess, you know, when you're looking at the current battle between yeah. what you'd call Israel versus, you know, now, like we were just literally saying, it's, it's kind of like Israel needs to justify what it's doing to the entire world. Correct. And then some of the world saying, no, 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 Hamas needs to justify what it's doing to the entire world. Right. And so we continuously go on this rotation of figuring out who's right and just in what they're doing. Exactly. And so we move into the positions where eventually everybody's drugged down so much and so tired of hearing about it, so sick of the violence, so sick of hearing it that they say enough. Mm -hmm. Neither should exist. And at that point, you're looking at a situation where the the public is more amenable to having absolutely no Christianity or no Islam. This is where we end up with a remnant church. And I don't know what happens on the Islam side. I don't know what what their their stuff is there, but I know that with us uh you know being called out of the harlot church which we i would we could do a whole show on that one these days the harlot church the rise of the harlot church that we see at this current time and you know people ask me every day are we at the end heck i don't know if we are we are it sure looks like it but on the other end of it what we probably better do is if you think we're that close to the end you probably better start making sure that you're lining it up man i heard that exact same statement Okay, so in looking into a lot of this stuff, you know, um, just because, you know, at this point, after reading this and looking at these three, whatever. Yeah, these three predictions or three prophetic proclamations from a guy that claimed to be Illuminati. For right. starters, he he and he you actually, think about he was Illuminati. Yeah, during that time, that is during uh, uh, part of the uh, Illum, Illuminati, the the time of the Illumination. You know, so his official title, the Enlightenment. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, his official title is Albert. He's Albert Pike, but he was a 33 degree Freemason, okay, Grand Master and Creator of the Southern Jurisdiction of the Scottish Rite Masonic Order. Hmm. And he gave the letter to Mazzini, I was going to say Guespi. Yeah. Uh, He's an Italian revolutionary leader, nationalist, and liberal. Right. From about a century and a half ago to predict those those wars. But um, these are the, what he was saying, were the outline of what the Illuminati had planned for the end of the world. And why do they want the end of the world? That's the one where you start. Okay, so that, you know, that's a very good question. So I look at it, right? And I start thinking, is this letter real? And so I start going down these different avenues. Because we're literally talking about the literal destruction of all things. Yeah. 
And that's where it gets frightening. And that's where I told you that, uh, you know, I got to a point in digging where I don't know that I want to know. Okay. Because it gets to some things that are very prevalent now. Right. Really frightening. Well, let's, let's step off into, no, let's finish this part and then we are going to tap. All right. For this one, we'll tap how much of the demonic is behind all of this in order for that's the real battle. We do not fight flesh and blood, even though flesh and blood bleeds and dies. But the reality is, is that this is the great battle from darkness and light, the two kingdoms that are at war. All right, Mike, I'm okay. ready. You jump back into that part. Let's lay it so, on, lay it on me because you were digging deep, man. I, yeah, can, I, I can see you're even hesitating and reading it. I kept digging. And this, this first thing that I'm, I've got in my hands, it's not, it's not as bad as the second by any means. Um, this is where uh, it kind of concludes this particular article is in a, a, a conglomeration of all the different things that I was reading. And, like I said, you know, the letter is at least as old as 1896 if it's a forgery. Okay. If it's genuine, it's as old as 1871. Okay. Now, that statement comes from the fact that the original source of the letter in the book is called The Devil in the 19th Century or The Mysteries of Spiritualism. Okay, say that one more time, and I'm throwing in some music. Are you ready? I'll play the music in the background, and you say it. Ready? Go. Sure. The French book, The Devil in the 19th Century, or The Mysteries of Spiritualism. Hmm. Oh, that just broke a ceiling that we weren't really paying attention to. Okay, go. And, and you know, uh, it's... I don't know if I read this or not, but I'm, I'm throw out a little it. piece of it, man. We we can okay. handle it. Well, at the point where you've got the destruction of the, you know, the major religions. Yeah. Okay. Every, everywhere, the citizens obliged to defend themselves against the mad minority of revolutionaries will exterminate these destroyers of civilization and the multitude delusioned of Christianity who, whose deist soul will up to that moment be without compass, thirsting for an ideal, but not knowing where to bestow their worship, will reserve excuse me, will receive the true light by the universal manifestation of the pure Luciferian doctrine. And that again was in the letter. Mike, it did you worse. just say that he that their goal is to bring the world into Luciferian belief system? That's what the letter says. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this isn't my interpretation. No, I know. I know. You're just uh, reading the things off the page. So, I mean, at the end of the day, what we've got here is we have got um, – early luciferian belief system irregardless of what what they belong to or anything to that effect that they were um definitely had a plan to uh that that's just straight up demonic man oh that, yeah that, that is straight up demonic there ain't no walking around it or anything else oh no. that is wanting the destruction of christianity so that the world bows its knee now i will take you real quick sir into the book of revelation and not just yeah i don't have my bible open in front of me but i can tell you when we start to talk about the two prophets okay when you talk about the two prophets what ends up happening in that whole situation is people have always thought that's two individuals but the two prophets are two lampstands and two olive trees now olive trees are not uh one person it is people and the lampstands are churches all right and the two prophets the prophets are going to be collections of the christian people that are standing their ground 
And uh, I know a lot of people do not walk down that path, but that is a path you can definitely walk down when reading that scripture. I don't believe it to be two individuals. I believe it to be uh, large collections of Christians around the world, and they will celebrate when they kill us. And that's what that, what you just read, that's what that's talking about. Well, and the lack of, the mention of a lack of a moral compass I mean, you can see that in society today. We've talked oh, yeah. about it on other shows. Absolutely. And there is a there is no compass. I mean, uh, just the sheer fact that uh, they are literally training the kids today to disrespect other people, uh, to tear things down. We have colleges that uh, you can't get in there and speak about anything they don't want you to speak about. But, boy, they want you out of the way when they're threatening to murder people. Right. I right. mean, at that point, uh, and there, I mean, they, you have people that are on the, on the, the setup for complete mental destruction of society, man. And so they're looking for an answer. Right. And this plan it will provide them the answer according which to which they are looking for. Exactly. It'll provide you a direction that will be. Well, let, let's take Illuminati in, into our front windshield for a minute. Okay. The, the term Illuminati, okay? There's a lot of BS Illuminati, and then there's a lot of the truth of people that really do consider themselves a part of that, a large, large upper echelon people. You see movie stars, and you see actors, and you see all this stuff where they end up making a sign of the triangle or showing their eye and stuff like that, and they all like to call themselves Illuminati. Right. And uh, uh, in fact, they actually portray themselves to be gods or idols in which people should worship. And uh, they are definitely on the promotion of this. But the term Illuminati comes from the great, I mean, that that's what sent the, the big old uh, Statue of Liberty. Which, do you know what the Statue of Liberty is called? Lucifer. I did not know that. Because the enlightened one, the light. Yeah. The holding the candle up. Now, let me ask you a real quick question. Who sent that over here? The French. The French. Now, do they have one that if you're supposedly supposed to look through the eye of the one in France and the eye of the one there and they're to be looking at each other? Just so you know. Well, you know, there's a couple of things that I, when I was doing this research that kind of got, and keep in mind, you know, I, this was only over a matter of maybe an hour that I was able to. Yeah, up definitely your lunch up. hour. You were not doing this during work because your boss may be listening to this show. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, you bring up the French and it's interesting because the reason why they know that this, if it was a hoax, you know, it, at, at best, it's at a certain, it's a certain age, right? Right. Like I was saying, I, I don't have it in front of me, but that particular date. And the reason they have that is because when you cross-reference this data that I was getting, and you look to see where some of the original text was printed. Right. It's in a French document that's okay. dated. So, so not only that, when it's in a French document, you said it was dated when? I'll have to find. Okay. Well, but while you're looking that up, I mean, here's the other thing is, is think about the French revolution. I mean, uh, the let them eat cake and everybody lost their head kind of thing. Um, that gave birth to a lot of this stuff. Well, yeah, it's the tear down and rebuilding of civilizations, right? Correct. Exactly. Getting people, it's wearing people down. Right. Where they're no longer interested in looking for something that's better. And that's funny. That's scriptural, too, is that the devil will try to wear out the saints. Yes. Yes. That's. Yeah. So the letter is at least as old as 1896. Right. And that's the that's the age of this French document that I've got in front of me. Okay. If it's a forgery. If if it's a genuine if it's genuine, we don't know necessarily where it is. Yeah. Then it's as old as 1871. Right. Either way. Now, you've mentioned those numbers several times. So right. Those numbers are significant as well because they, that, that kind of dates the document. Okay. So then the rest of the stuff with the, okay, the so this, French. Yes. The book that he wrote. Oh, it's. 
just this, just give us the title of it. It's horrible. I mean, this is was, a, was it horrifying or horrible? I didn't want to print or read it in its entirety. It had incantations. Oh no, we'll take a pass. Yeah, exactly. Keep that out of the studio. Right, exactly. I did not print any of that, but um, it was a gosh, I don't even know. I can't even begin to tell you exactly what it is. It's a uh, it's a French document that talks about religion, politics, and science. Right. Right. And on well, the cover. It's it's like the devil is the name of it, right? And that, we can leave it at that. But it but it came out of France as well, and it's uh, the sixteenth sigil, okay, something like that. And I looked at it and I thought, well, you know, I like Bert said, I can read French. I'll read it slow, but I can tell you exactly. You know, I can read it. It just takes me a little extra time, not long. But rather than do that, I thought I'd start with just doing a term search for Pike. Right. This guy appears. It's it's roughly a 900-page book. Okay. And it discusses all manner of Freemasonry, right. satanic rites, yeah. and bizarre things that I just... I stuck with the name Pike. I searched. It came up 188 times. So this guy came up 188 times in this 900-page. Um, the translation is roughly the devil of the, what is that, um, 19th sigil, the 19th, uh, something along those lines. La Diable, Do La we... Diable au XIX sigil. Okay, so what is the 19th? I don't know. I suppose if you read the book. You might find out. I yeah, we'll take off. a pass. Yeah, I'm yeah. taking a pass. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to read it either. But I pulled some things that it discusses, and it discusses his the guy Albert Pike building and constructing. There were these four individuals, and it's. I don't even like looking at it. No. Uh, four of his colleagues or four of his contemporaries who built these uh, religious, they're not really religious, they're satanic artifacts. Yeah, they are satanic. And I'll tell you the language that is written in those is Enochian. That's the letter it's, that they're using. And in the case of Albert Pike. Well, and, and he, you know, you think about that, Enochian, that would have been the John D connection. And maybe we'll talk about John D next time. Yeah. But the John D connection to all of this as well, he had to have been tied up in this in some manner. Well, I mean. Same time frame. So I skipped. I skipped it. Like I said, I was just looking for his name. So I got to, you know, if there's a diagram or a picture, I thought I'd print it. I don't know what it means. I don't want to know what it means. Right. I don't want to dig too deep. You don't want to draw it on anything. But what's <laughs> you don't want to light any candles. I'm just the, giving you some recommendations. Absolutely Mike. not. Remember the when we had the talk about AI and it told you how to do a seance, but it wouldn't tell me anything about the Lord's Prayer. Right. So yeah. I'm sure you know AI would be all over this. But you know, this one diagram that I showed you that shows okay, so Albert Pike basically built a a protective bracelet. Okay. And so this bracelet, he's got what it caught, what he gains from the bracelet, and what the bracelet takes from him. Ooh, so it's, it's an the, exchange. It's the, I got that much out of it. Right? Okay. Now on this diagram, there are three other people that are mentioned. There's uh, D'Adriano Lemmy. Okay. I don't know who that is. Don't know who that is either. Somebody that obviously you know. This one is just a talisman, right? Something for horoscopes. Something for invisibility. Invisible. A grand right. Yeah. And the talisman that Albert Pike built for his wrists was for the appearance, the immediate appearance of Lucifer. Now, I want you to know he's reading in French and then translating it to you just so you're aware. Yeah. So uh, when he has, he's reading that, I have no idea, but I can tell you Mike is reading it in French and translating it into English for you. And the, the other one um, is a talisman that belonged to Sophie Walder. Who that is, I don't know. 
Right. And this is Oh, that's weird. Some kind of a bottle of hostility. Hmm. Well, that must have been poured out on most people lately. A hostility and profane the container of hostile and profane things. Okay. Basically. And then there's the there's a fourth and that's for Frederick Hobbs. And so that one is an, a sensor for epidemics. Hmm. So it must be something that they put on or he was each one of these is outlined in the book and that's what I skipped. Right, right. That's the one where they're doing the incantations to imbue the power into these objects. Okay. And then <laughs> so, you know, that kind of like, goes along uh, with some things and we'll we'll uh we'll pick that one of these days too. So let's start let's start latching up about once a week and try to release these. Okay. And uh just talk about some bizarro stuff, man. Well, these guys are worth looking into. I don't know who they are. I don't know if I want to know, but I did before I even get into it. Uh, you know, this is something that you'll know, and that's that, you know, the voice, the allure, the book of Pike's ritual is of the subject, and then it lists the seven seals or Solomon. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that is all, that is definitely Luciferian. So that's like, can I say their names? No, I wouldn't. Okay, I won't. <clears throat> I would prefer you not. I, I'll, I'll follow your direction. On okay, that. I'd rather I, not myself. That's I, why I asked, or I would have just said it. But yeah, I think we ought to leave that one tight. Now I see you got one more article. We've got about we've got about fifteen minutes left. And this is a this is something we got to discuss at a different time. But so I kind of started thinking, right? Okay, so if these are the seven, yeah, how are they operating now? Well, we see that operating right now with the teardown of society. I mean, but as when, a whole working together, but are they working in singularities anywhere? I, I think they do. And the reason I say I think they do is because of singularities, you uh, all they have to do is amass anger towards each other. Well, I think I found one. Okay, I'm ready. I won't say its name out loud again. But it's the uh, it's idolatry figure is usually in the shape of an owl oh no everybody knows this one do they it's moloch yeah moloch and moloch is definitely one of those that is what is worshipped at bohemian grove right so that's that's where i started getting into a little bit deeper into thinking okay well let's find one of these and in that particular context there is at least Four or five gigantic effigies. Yeah. Child sacrifice. Child sacrifice. Yeah, that's for sure. And and uh, Moloch comes in a couple of different ones. And that's, you know, and the reason I, I don't hesitate in saying that, if you haven't seen the movie Nefarious, you need to. And uh, you want to see, I, I, the guys that put that out, uh, there is very few actors. And I, I bet you there ain't 12 people in the whole movie total yeah that movie is well done and and it is it is extremely well done and uh and it goes through now there was some uh there was another movie back in the uh uh let's see about 1999 there was a movie called oh give me just a second it was called stigmata okay did you ever see it Yes. It's where the gal gets you know she keeps getting all the stigmata the 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 wounds of christ right Right. So I am at this time that this movie is playing in the background the other day because I wanted to see something specific from this movie. So I loaded it up and watched it. It's on Tubi or whatever. So yeah, it's not a horror movie, even though they put it as a horror movie. But I was trying to figure out, I got to ask the question, well, is the guy in the woman good or bad or what is the deal? Well, I'm going to tell you it's a demon. <laughs> Yeah. Even though in the movie they kind of make it out to be the good guy, uh, it's not. Uh, because I'm also happened to read Phil Gagnon, Pastor Phil Gagnon's book on Deliver Us From Evil. And as I'm reading his descriptions of demonic possession, 
it is literally on the screen in front of me and I start reading them off to my wife. We hit mute and I'm reading them off and she goes, yep, check every single box for full-blown demonic possession. So, and, and my point with this is the media has uh, created it to be so normal for you to see a demonically possessed person. How many people even recognize when they're dealing with one? Exactly. Okay, and I'm going to throw out a wacky story for you here. Yeah, not too long ago in the jail. So I'm in the jail, and I have a young man start telling me he was in jail with me back in the day, back uh, 20 years ago. And I'm looking at him, I'm like, dude, you had to have been like maybe 10 or 12 years old when I was in jail. (laughs) This isn't adding up. Right? But he says, oh, I look different now. I oh, said, no. you look different now? He goes, yeah, I, I look I look different now. And he tells me about himself getting burned. And as he's talking, I'm thinking, no, you're not that guy. I remember that guy. That guy's name, I'll just use a first name. Uh, I don't know. I, let me make up a name. Uh, we'll call him Bo. And uh, I, I was like, I know Bo, and this is not him, because that guy would be in his early 50s, right? And so I'm looking at this kid, and he's like, no. And he says, you remember me. And he lifts up his shirt, and he has a handprint from where a person, when he was younger, uh, he had caught off fire, and a guy had grabbed a hold of him and left his handprint because his skin sloughed. Right. So it left a perfect handprint, and that was on this person. Oh, no. And I was like, oh. And my I immediately look, and the other guy that is with me is like freaking out a little bit, okay? He's like going, what is that? Right. And I said, yeah, we need to let that alone kind of deal. And uh, we kind of ended everything, and I put him out. But that was straight up. I, I, how did the handprint go from one human being that was a different human being? And the guy identified him as, I look different now. But he identified himself. He knew every house I had been in where I was in jail. Now you had to be in there with me to know that. Right. That's not printed. That's not <laughs> that's, printed anywhere. It's personal. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought you were going to bring up the movie fallen. If you've ever Ooh, seen that. Yeah. Well, fallen goes a lot. That walks with the demonic too. That's with uh, Danzel Washington. Right. And transference of the demonic from one to the other. Well, that's, that's one of the things I've definitely learned about, uh, you know, when you're doing casting out of demons, that's why having authority to do true exorcism, which exorcism means to bind under authority. Right. But you have to be, have the authority to do the binding. And there's a lot of people tell you that you don't, but let me tell you what the Bible says. If you cast them out, they go to other dry places. That means people that do not have Jesus Christ in them, just so we're all aware. If you're going to bind them, you can't just throw them to the foot of the cross. You can't do all kinds of things. You need to condemn and cast them. That's the keys of office that you receive as a pastor, as a priest. And that's where... And we could do this a whole show. This well, is a whole separate well, thing, that, Mike. You know, that's what I was thinking, though. It's like, okay, so our, as we get closer to... If if we take what's been said. Yeah. All, all of this demonic stuff that you've brought up... That, that's that coming Pike, together. Right. And and we talked about Pike, which Pike's talking about wars, etc. But demonic worship, and he literally is wearing stuff that we call the devil forth, that we as the church need to prepare ourselves to deal with the demonic coming at us. Well, and that's where it goes full circle back to what you said earlier in the show. And that's that an individual, because there was a uh, another podcast I listened to that was supposedly dealing with this uh, individual, but unfortunately, he tried to, the podcaster tried to tackle too much at once. Uh, we, You and I do that all the time. I know, but it was just so fast. And it was like, you know, you can't do that. But, you know, one person off the cuff said, you know, the pastor basically said, we do not deal with the book of Revelations because we do not know the time or the means that this is going to come about. Right. And so I, I hear you. I disagree with that, but I, I hear Yeah. You. Yeah. This is just what was said. And right. so they did not touch on Revelations really at all. And, you know, that kind of did, you know, 
it is a little bothersome because how are you supposed to be ready? We are supposed to be in, and not just that, the book of Daniel as well and the book of Isaiah. There's there's a lot of predictions or a lot of things that happen in the prophets that are uh, talking about the second coming of Christ, not just the first coming in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Okay, And that's why some of those things, they were like, yeah, but this didn't happen. No, it didn't happen yet. Are you with me? And the, right. the identification of things, etc. And I think that, you know, there are people out there that are end time studiers. And I'm not one of them. I, I mean, I, I'm probably do you. You're in church with me. So you've heard me do more out of the book Revelation and stuff here in the last few months because it's part of the readings. Yeah. But I bring yeah. it right back into take a look around you today. Take a look around you today. Take a look at you right now. I mean, just like even things like the Beatitudes that we just did is where are you standing as a Christian? Because no matter what, ever since Jesus Christ went to, uh, he ascended, the end The end just began. So, yeah, so, so, so yeah. saying that we don't know when it's coming, it's been coming since the day he he ascended. Right, and there's a difference between saying we don't know when it's coming and let's not prepare. Oh, that's just foolishness, man. <laughs> let's, you know, it's okay, you know, to admit that, you know, we do not know when it, when or how or what. And that's, you know, that's what, when I saw the list, I was just thinking like, okay, well, I know, obviously, Moloch. Yeah. Where that resides. Right. Now, where are the other six? Yeah. Now, well, I know that the influence is, is, is global, but are there focal points across the globe where these things are manifesting in a more condensed or more. I'm going to give you a book to read and I'm, I'm going to plug his book right now. A more potent form, right? Jonathan Kahn. Okay. Return of the gods. And he will identify the gods, the, the demonic that is returning into their full strength. I mean, ever since 2020, man, Let's let's think about this for a moment. Ever since 2020, the pagan culture has been on the upswing and the Christian culture has been on a downswing. You see more empty churches now than you ever have. I see conflict in churches or the people that choose not to go to church on a little bit more regular basis than you did prior to 2020. And... uh, I I will say this. I, I, one of the things with the rising in uh, uh, pagan culture, let's say, uh, let's just take um, the Viking culture or the, that's not even, that culture is a different thing. How about the Asatru religion or the, the religious belief of the Nordic gods? When you throw people into their house for two and three months and then you have uh the the movie vikings on and everything else that they can watch 24 hours a day because they can't go to the grocery store they can't go out they can't do anything hey man that floods their brains and what you spend your time studying that's what you end up following mm-hmm. and that's when we talked about it on another podcast the i know dilation of time absolutely my so kids watch shows that are five seconds long and by the time you tell them to get off that tablet they think it's only been five seconds it's been five hours yeah yeah so you know so i just in conclusion with pike demonically possessed human being that's my question to you oh without question okay i wouldn't even be i wouldn't even hazard to read what was written in that 900 pages i mean he was manufacturing spiritual objects he was imbuing them he was affiliated with other individuals that must have been some sort of group right and i mean you like i read i mean the one woman sophia who had a some kind of elixir a right. bottle that what yeah <laughs> of know? what and who and knows a, and a set of bracelets you know and right a, a, and a talisman and uh it, it's just then one guy had a sensor in the sense that you know where you would put in yeah yeah you you'd put, put in, in incense, incense and burn it around because those are those out. right and you know uh, in the christian faith uh that is the lifting up of prayer so i can totally see something like that so mike where are we on again next week sure okay if we're on again next week 
we'll find a couple of new things to tackle. Now, one more thing that I got coming up a little later on this week there, listeners, is going to be Caleb Harris is coming into the studio. And when Caleb Harris comes into the studio, it'll be probably about Friday-ish or sometime around then, and I will post it. But we are going to get a very interesting uh, salvation story And not only that, how God takes a nine-time felon and puts him in a position with the sheriff's department to end up leading people out of addictions and putting them into safe and better living environments. And that uh, he has people literally calling him from other states now saying, we want to do this, help us do this. And uh, it it will be an incredible story. So I pray that you guys will join us for that. Mike, I know that we covered a lot of ground in 60 minutes. But I'm going to tell you, I love doing these things with you because you and I go into some weird places. What people don't realize, this you and me normal talk. Yeah. Well, and if anybody has any suggestions about, you know, things that are... Because we could go in any number of directions on this. Without a doubt. There are some. Well, one thing that we should talk about, and we'll we'll do a show with this about uh, dealing with uh, uh, demonic possession and oppression and the sheer fact that there are a lot of people out there. uh, I've been doing this for years. I mean, um, the one thing when it comes to doing what is called deliverance ministry is a little different than doing exorcisms. And, uh, you know, I've watched people attempt exorcisms, et cetera, and they usually end up very, very not good. Yeah. But um, uh, when you come in with the proper authority and you you understand what is necessary for that, because here's the thing, uh, spirituality has rules. It doesn't matter. There, war has rules. At the end of the day, there's rules. Right. And uh, grace uh, on one end and uh, the demonic evil on the other. They still have rules in which they combat in. The deal is you have to know them as good as your enemy does. Well, and you know when I was talking about reading French or reading the Romance languages and and being able to read Latin and things like that, when it, when it first hit me that I was able to read those things... Um, one of the books that I ordered was the last issuance of the Vatican's official list of banned books. Okay, I'm listening more. It's probably like three or four hundred pages long. Okay, I'll bring it and I'll show it to you. But it's not what you'd think. It's a lot of uh, it's a lot of like pamphlets regarding people's getting divorced. Right. It's a lot of things like that. At first you think the Vatican's back in books. This is going to be interesting. And you look at it and you start reading it. You start to realize like, okay, this person got a divorce. They wrote it in some kind of newspaper and now the Vatican doesn't want it printed anymore. Right. Or uh, somebody (laughs) eats too much chocolate. Yeah, I get it. And people think that that's their big, their big hides. So. Right, right. I was I was excited kind of because I did. I thought, you know, this book's huge and I can read it now. And I don't know why. Right. Anyway, yeah, we can touch on that at a different time. No, want, that's so. all good, man. And no, those are, we need to make ourselves a, a quick little list and tackle a couple afternoons. Hey, man, I, I appreciate you coming into the studio today because uh, a lot of times you and I have been doing this at the church or just out and about. Yeah. And uh, it's nice to have the studio all kind of pulled back together and it makes sound a lot better. I like it. It, it helps with a lot of things. Also, uh, the one thing that's great with uh, Wild Goose uh, Studios is that uh, I like I live here. <laughs> Yeah. It makes my travel to work easy. Well, you caught me right after work, too, which is easy for me because, well, you know, if you get busy. Oh, yeah. So. So we'll we'll start looking to do this, and we'll put these out. We're, we'll shoot it, putting a few out. Now, we're getting ready to head into Advent time frame here right mm-hmm. after Thanksgiving. So we may have to kind of shift our gears and how we deal with that during the Advent time. We can still release them on Wednesday nights, but we may have to figure out other days to record them and then release them. 
something. So, all right. Well, Mike, thank you. Thank you. And uh, hey, you guys out there listening, just remember, don't pick up any bad books. And if you pick up some Latin, make sure you know what it says. For questions or comments, please email us at info at thebarbarianprofit.com. The Barbarian Prophet is a registered trademark of Barbarian Media Group. Listening to this podcast may cause excitability, euphoria, and overall sense of happiness in the realization that you're not alone. Discontinue use if reddened skin or a rash develops. Side effects may include random hugging, crying out loud, smiling while alone, and happy crying combined with snot bubble development. Do not use during church service. No animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. Are you actually still listening? Seriously, we have nothing more to say except for that one thing that was really, really, really important, but let's wait until the next show for that. Well, that one extra thing that we wanted to throw in today is, man, you dabbling on the wrong side of this. You need to seek out a good pastor, talk through it with them. And the other thing is, just bear in mind, we love you and Jesus loves you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do to stop us. See you next time on The Barbarian Prophet.